Um, so it'll send a static HTML page and then it will ship the entire rendering infrastructure that it used to render it on the server, that page on the server. It'll ship that entire, entire rendering infrastructure to the client as well. Um, and on the client, it will then re-render the entire page, um, like the HTML wrapper element, the body element. Like if you have a static header, it'll re-render the static header. It'll re-render everything, even though that may not be necessary. You're listening to episode number 21 of Tournament in JavaScript, where we discuss everything JavaScript-related. As usual, this episode is hosted by OpenReplay, an open-source session replay platform for developers. If you'd like to know more, visit openreplay.com. I'm Fernando, your host, and I'll be serving you today. And speaking of today, in this episode, we're going to be talking about Fresh, Dino's latest framework, and we're going to be hearing about it directly from its creator, Luca Casonato. He's a software engineer at DinoLand and creator of Fresh. He's going to be giving us a quick rundown on Fresh. What is it? Why would you use it? And most importantly, when would you want to do so? So welcome, Luca. Thank you for joining us. And please go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, uh, yeah, so I'm Luca. I work on the Dino project and on Fresh. Um, and I primarily work on um, web dev related things. Um, I contribute to a bunch of web specs. And um, the I'm, I'm a, a TC39 delegate, so that's the body that standardizes JavaScript. Um, and at Dino, we're trying to like push JavaScript forward, trying to push web development forward, and um, I yeah work on that at the Dino company. Awesome. All right, and I think you definitely you're definitely achieving it. So uh, tell us a little bit about Fresh. We are here to discuss Fresh and everything around it. So what triggered the need to build it and what makes it different from other alternatives that are out there right now? Yeah, so Fresh is a full stack web framework, um, which you can use to build websites, web applications um, very quickly. And um, like the, you can build them very quickly, but the application itself is also going to be very fast. Um, and what sets it apart is that it really, really focuses on making use of all of these modern new features that we have available to our disposal. Um, edge runtimes like Cloudflow Workers and Dino Deploy, um, really fast um, JavaScript and, and TypeScript transpilation that we have with things like SWC and ESBuild, um, and yeah, uh, modern browser features um, and, and like all the modern web APIs that we have. Um, and it really tries to take into account uh, what things that we've learned over the over the last 10 years of web development um, and tries to make it as foolproof as possible to build a really fast website, uh, which doesn't send a bunch of bloated JavaScript to the client, but only sends what's actually necessary. All right. We're definitely going to get more in detail about that particular feature, but just to uh, a point of clarification, because when I was told about Fresh and your name, you the, uh, this person told me that you were the creator of, of Fresh. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. are, are you the sole creator or has a team been working around this? So I've been the one that does most of the commits on the project itself, um, but we've been using Fresh internally for, I don't know, probably nine months at this point um, in various states of completion always. Um, so there's obviously a bunch of feedback from the like entire team, which has been integrated into the framework, right? Awesome. All right. And you're open sourcing it? 
It's open source, yeah, under the Dinoland org, um, Dinoland slash Fresh. Perfect. Uh, so the, the, I guess the first question will be, I pretty much know the answer to this, but I want to be official. We cannot use Fresh without Dino, right? This is like a, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fresh is a Dino project. Um, and Dino provides Fresh a bunch of things that other runtimes like Node wouldn't. Um, for example, Fresh does not have a, have its own file watcher built in to like hot refresh or something. Instead, Dino has a dash dash watch flag and Fresh just makes use of this. Like if you want to restart your project on uh, file change, you specify dash dash watch to the Dino command line and then it'll rewatch it'll watch right and like node doesn't have this feature built in like you'd have to install nodemon or something like that um, and there's a bunch of other features which are um, like built into dino which fresh doesn't have to re-implement because they're built into dino interesting okay and this is actually so we have a, a previous episode to this uh, discussing dino which actually by the time this gets released the other one would have been released already one of my questions was Considering how in JavaScript, you know, the community is always rebuilding everything over and over, mm-hmm. what's the point on Dino having this set of uh, tool chains, essentially, the Watcher and, and, and a lot of other uh, internal utilities that eventually will get redone by the community uh, according to their specific flavor. But I guess this is a specific use case for these tools where you say, well, I actually need a watcher, for instance, file watcher. I'll just, you know, I'll just use what what's already implemented in Dino. I don't need anything else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we, we, what we really try to avoid is we try to avoid making APIs, which like have a guaranteed end of life, you know, like some APIs, you just know they're going to be dead in two years because something better has come around. These are not the perfect API. Um, but most of our APIs are actually web APIs, right? And web APIs, once they once they have uh, been landed in a browser, they will never be removed ever. True. Um, so Dino really tries to build on this. And it tries to build on this not just in the um, APIs themselves, but also in our entire philosophy of how we uh, build the tooling in the Dino tool chain. Um, like we try to make it really uh, simple, very logical, and um, make it, Opinionated, but not opinionated in the sense that we we make opinions about like how you're meant to write your JavaScript, um, but rather we make opinions on um, uh, like we make opinions which represent, in most cases, the opinions of the specifications that um, we're implementing. Like if we have a JavaScript formatter, we will um, tr- try to base it as closely as to to like the the how the specification author would. Um, write that JavaScript. Okay, that right. sentence was like way too long. It didn't make any sense, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, don't worry. All right, so back to Fresh. Did you get any inspirations on... Because I've, I I mean, there's a limit. I, I don't know if, if, if this is real, but I think that around web development and, you know, even if it's a full-stack web framework, there is a limitation to how original you can be on, uh, on how you tackle, you know, certain tasks yeah. to the point where... You know, developers would not just go with the, go with your crazy idea just because it's new. So you have to like reuse some some concepts that are already there. So did you like grab inspiration or take inspiration from uh, existing frameworks into uh, and put it into the internal architecture of Fresh? Yeah, definitely. I like. I think if you've if if you use Fresh, you will immediately feel very like if you've used Next.js before and if you've used Remix before. Um, or if you've used Astro before, you'll you'll feel pretty familiar um, because 
Fresh is sort of like a, it takes a bunch of really good ideas that other framework authors have come up with. Uh, like Next.js with its file system routing was revolutionary at the time, right? Like PHP had done something similar, but n- never to the same level of um, like usability as Next.js did. And uh, Fresh really embraces this file system routing because it's really, it's a great developer experience and it doesn't really have downsides for user experience um, as such. Um, and like Remix really did an awesome job with with how you do data loading and data mutation um, using the handler callback and action callback. And Fresh um, doesn't do exactly what Remix does, but it's very much inspired by it. Like it's very similar. And I think it like they did an awesome job on that. Um, and uh, the, like how Astro does islands um, was uh, very like inspiring for how how Fresh does does islands. And I'm sure we'll talk about more about islands later. Um, but yeah. yeah, like there's we, there's definitely a lot of inspiration from other frameworks in there. Um, and it tries to really take the best parts of a bunch of frameworks and turn them into something that's very usable and, and awesome. very easy to understand. Cool. Uh, uh, so if if you were ha- if you had to compare it uh, to someone new. To someone who's not seen uh, Fresh so far, you will say like, "Look at look at Next, look at Remix, and uh, you probably get it." Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, so let's get into Island actually, because this is uh, something that is it, it, not original. I know uh, hard to come up with something original at this time, but uh, it's not been done a lot. It's not really, definitely uh, not a very common architecture for web development. So. Tell us a little bit about what the islands of interactivity are and how is it affecting the internal architecture of Fresh? Yeah. So the core problem that we're trying to solve here with islands is that a bunch of existing frameworks like Next.js and Remix, they will send, they, they will possibly render your page on the server using server-side rendering or Next.js with like incre- incremental static render or something like that. Um, so it'll send a static HTML page and then it will ship the entire rendering infrastructure that it used to render it on the server, that page on the server, it'll ship that entire entire rendering infrastructure to the client as well. Um, and on the client, it will then re-render the entire page, um, like the HTML wrapper element, the body element. Like if you have a static header, it'll re-render the static header. It'll re-render everything, even though that may not be necessary. Um, and what Islands tried to do is they tried to... Um, not, do not do any of that. They render everything on the server, and then on the client, they render only the things that need to ne- definitely need to be rendered on the client because there's client interactivity involved, right? Like if you have a form which like automatically reacts to if you type in something, and it'll give you like a red outline or a green outline if your input is valid or not valid. That's like very difficult to do with like um, if you have to submit the form every time. Uh, like that's not a great user experience. So you want to do that on the client. Um, so you can ship the code for just that input field, um, like just the input field, just doing the interactivity for that to the client. Um, and that's an island, like an island of interactivity in an otherwise sea of static content. Okay, cool. So what does it mean for the developer? How are you structuring your 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 project then thinking, of, thinking in island? Yeah, so essentially the way you th- should think of your project is that by default, you should think of everything as being static. Um, so by default, you should think that there's no islands, there's no interactivity. And then when you see a use case for something interactive, you can take the component um, which like surrounds this bit that needs to be interactive, move that into the islands folder in Fresh, which turns into an island, and then it's interactive, right? Then it'll be rehydrated on the client. You can do whatever you want with it. 
Um, but by default, you should think of everything as being static and really avoid making things um, like turning them into like an interactive component unless you absolutely need it to be. Um, like there's no need for your header to be interactive. Like your header has maybe a um, like pop like a pop up. Um, you can do this purely with CSS and like an, a, a checkbox and, and things like that. Uh, there's no need to use JavaScript for that. Um, but yeah, if you have this form input field where you want to make the outline red or green based on the validity of the content, that's probably something you need to use JavaScript for. All right. And to clarify, to those who haven't read the documentation, an island well, is just a component, and it's a pre yeah. component. So you don't have to really know or, or learn a new syntax. You just split this interactive component into a different folder, and that's that's it. Yeah, exactly. Like you can define all your components in like a component folder by default. Those are all static, and then if you want it to be interactive, you just move it over to the islands folder, and it's interactive now. Awesome. And what kind of effect does this have, or do you have numbers actually showing the, any kind of improvement? Because I'm, assu I'm assuming that mm -hmm. you're doing this because it provides some kind of improvement for the, not just the development experience, but also on the client side. Yeah. So like out of anything you can ship to a browser, like be it images or HTML or CSS, JavaScript is by far the most expensive per byte. Like if you ship one, one kilobyte of JavaScript to the client, that is much more expensive than shipping one kilobyte of HTML or one kilobyte of CSS. The reason for that is because, um, well, A, you have to actually transfer that one kilobyte of data, right? So that's like latency yeah. and it takes time if you're on a 3G network. But also if you're on a slow device or, or maybe not even a slow device, but a device from a couple of years ago, um, like a mobile device, this eats up CPU, this eats up RAM. It makes your device slow or it makes your uh, site feel potentially slower or, um, Maybe it doesn't make it feel slower, but it just drains your user's battery unnecessarily, right? Um, so what you want to do is you want to avoid sending JavaScript to the client as much as possible. Like only send JavaScript to the client when it's absolutely necessary. Um, and these islands try to steer you in the direction where you'd never send unnecessary JavaScript to the client. Like it tries to make sure you only send JavaScript to the client that's actually needed. And we can actually see this in our own internal uh, sites we have very few sites which actually have an island on them. Um, and if they do, they're very isolated. They're very small little islands. Um, they're not, um, like, it's never the entire page is an island, which means that many of our pages are completely static um, and do not send any JavaScript to the client and are very fast for the browser to render, have very low memory footprint. Um, yeah, they, they, they have fantastic load times. Like, if you if you put dino.com or dino.land into, like, PageSpeed Insights or Lighthouse or something like that, you'll get 100%, 100 score every time. Um, yeah. Cool. And it really yeah tries to push you in that direction, tries to make it really easy to go the good path, um, right. not chipping JavaScript to the client. Can this architecture get out of hand? I mean, you're, you're suggesting that we usually, like, add more JavaScript than we need normally. Mm -hmm. But is there a case where following this island architecture, uh, you will end up like with too many island, with too many components. What I'm trying to ask is, are there any type of application or use cases where you would recommend against using Fresh because of this architecture? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I think those use cases do exist. Um, I think they're pretty rare, actually, but they do exist. One example is Figma. Um, I don't know if you've used Figma before. It's yeah. essentially like... Photoshop or, or Illustrator, actually, Adobe Illustrator in your browser. It's really fantastic. Um, and th th these are the kinds of applications that they are so highly interactive. Like there's essentially no static content in them at all. Um, they're so highly interactive 
that it is fine to send like a bare bones shell HTML shell to the client and then um, like rehydrate it uh, completely on the on the client. So do all of the rendering on the client. That's totally reasonable because it's just so interactive. And for use cases like that, um, it probably makes more sense to use some sort of framework which um, w- which is better at rendering the entire page on the client. Um, like I don't know. Uh, one one in the Dino world is LFJS. Um, but for most other scenarios, like marketing pages, blog pages, um, simple, uh, like e-commerce sites, e-commerce sites are a great example of this. E-commerce sites often have interactivity, but it's very critical that they load very quickly. Um, and island architecture is a fantastic use case for um, e- e- like e-commerce. Um, it's, it's really great. And there's... Um, like if you have a if you have like a form on your site and you want to make part of that form interactive, um, but like it's embedded in a marketing page which just talks about your product, then there's no need to re-render that entire page um, on the client, right? Just re-rendering the form is fine. Okay. Okay. So essentially, if you have to pick, if you have to know if, if fresh is for you, just consider how much interactive do you actually need. You actually have. Yeah. I would say if like seventy percent of your Actually, maybe that's the wrong ratio. Maybe like if 50% of your page is made up of interactive components. And this is actually very critical that you don't expect your site to be reloaded very often or that you don't expect your site to be um, loaded from search results, for example, very often. Because if you want good SEO, you need to have good site performance um, and good loading performance. Um, Then you can... Like if you don't care about those things, if you don't need those things, then you can render everything on the client. Um, and if you don't expect it to be like used by mobile users on 3G networks or something, which like Figma, you don't use that on your phone, right? Right. Okay, cool. I understood. Are there any plans to allow other frameworks other than Preact to power Fresh? Because uh, from what I understand right now, it, it is built around Preact. Yeah. Um, actually, I've gotten this question a couple of times Um Previously, I more than I expected initially, actually. <laughs> and the answer is that probably it would be possible. Um, but Preact is really awesome. Like there's there's like you would need to find some really good use cases for uh, <laughs> getting me to move away from Preact. Like uh, right. Preact has very awesome customizability, um, which powers this entire islands system. Um, like the ability for the framework to automatically determine if you're including an island in your page and automatically hydrate it. This is powered by um, the awesome customizability in Preact. And looking at other frameworks, it's they just don't have the same level of, of customizability that you would need to be able to do something like this. Like one I get asked a lot about is Solid. Um, and Solid just does not have the right hooks to be able to do it. Um, and maybe that's something that... Uh, that can be worked on, but yeah, it's just not something that exists right now. Preact wasn't just a random choice, and it's actually it was considered because of those those set of features. Yeah, and it's really small, right? Like it's tiny; it's four kilobytes minified. Um, it's really nothing. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, what are the plans for the next version of Fresh? I mean, you you got Fresh one stable a few days ago as of this recording and you know everyone's talking about it Uh, i'm sure you're getting a lot of feedback on it Uh, do you have a roadmap set already for for fresh or are you just waiting to see what the community says about it and then come up with one based on that 
So we, we have a few things that we definitely want to work on short term, um, probably for fresh 1.1 or, or 1.2, um, which one is better integrations with styling engines. Um, right now, it's very easy to use Tailwind, but like there's a bunch of boilerplate that you need. It's not the easiest. Well, it's, yeah, it's not great. Um, like we wanted to get the ship for 1.0. We just didn't right. get it done in time. Um, so this has slipped to 1.0. So we're, there's going to be better ways to do styling integrations with different types of styling frameworks. Um, that's one. And the other one is we want to make it easier for islands to fetch data from the server, um, from the client. So like if you want to have client interactivity, um, right now, your best bet is usually to use like make either separate API routes that you talk to via fetch, which is kind of annoying. Um, or you have to use, um, like built in forms, uh, which can sometimes break the interactivity because you're doing a full page reload whenever you do a form submission. Um, so we're, we're working on better on improvements for that, um, as well to make it much make easier it to do data fetching and data mutation from an Island to the server. Nice, nice. All right. Final question, and this is just uh, out of curiosity. How long were you working on it for version one? Yeah, so the first, I I looked at this the other day, and the first commit we actually made, I think, a year ago. Um, but that was much different, a much different Fresh framework. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, like, it has changed very significantly. I think the version that we're currently on, like the architecture with the islands and the loaders and the way they work, um, it's probably like three or four months old at this point. Okay. Um, so yeah, about three or four months. Right. Well, but it took it took several months to to get to the place where you say, well, actually, let's let's redo this. Yeah. And, exactly. Yeah. 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 Like just figuring out what the right architecture is, what are the right abstractions, things like right. that. Right. And since then, it's just been like polishing up the abstractions. Um, right. That's interesting because a lot of people, you know, see these kind of releases and say, well. It's like, uh, it's still new, you know, it has a, lot, a long way to go, a lot of improvement to do, but it's been a, under, you know, under work for a year. So there's a lot of work going on it already for, for version one. So that's something to consider. Yeah. Like Dino.com, um, our, our like company, the company, Dino company website, it's, powered, it's been powered by Fresh for nearly a year at this point. Um, and like, it's really fast. I... It's really fast. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. <clears throat> awesome. All right. Those are all the questions I have for you. And I wanted to know afresh. So I have three more questions that I ask all the guests mm-hmm. on the show. So what is the best advice you ever received? Yeah. I you, you sent me this question earlier and I read it and I was like, I don't know. That's very <laughs> difficult. Um, I... Um, if you do like public facing things, if you, if you release... Um, products or if you if you work on open source um something a lot of people forget is to promote their products and or promote their the things they work on and i think this is really terrible uh, like people really need to spend more time going on it going doing interviews um going on podcasts giving talks um and if this is something that you're not comfortable with then try it out just try it out and if it's really something that's not for you then so be it but like your projects will not grow um, if if you don't actively invest in in communication about them. Like this is very critical, and I don't remember who specifically gave me this advice. It was probably I think it was probably Ryan, um, our our CEO. Um, but yeah, that's like so critical. Absolutely, you work on yeah, open source. Yeah, work on yeah. marketing. Uh, it's 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 like a very tough area for developers to to develop on because yeah. we're. we're 
I don't want to fall into a stereotype, but we're very used to like looking at a screen, not yep. communicating <laughs> with other people. So it's, it's, it's a skill that you have to develop every time. But yeah, absolutely. If you don't show people, you know, the project just because you you're, you have a great idea and fantastic code it's not gonna it's not gonna yeah. grow absolutely like I, I see so many projects on github which are like they look so cool and they have so many cool innovative things that they're doing and they have like 10 stars or whatever yeah because like nobody knows about it like if you don't tell people about your project nobody's gonna know about it and it's True. not gonna grow yeah absolutely podcast writing anything honestly just tweeting about it that will help yeah yeah agree what is i mean that's an easy this is an easy one uh what is the most exciting project you worked on yeah dino dino deploy um the our entire runtime and infrastructure it's like it's super awesome um like we're, we're building very fantastic modern web development tools here and we have like an amazing team um of like anything you like anything you can think of from like people who are familiar with cloud and architecture to people who are familiar with like um, how x86 like um, our CPUs um, interpret bytecode, right? Like it's the full range. And if you have any question about anything, there's always somebody who knows the answer or who knows how to get the answer. Like our team is absolutely fantastic, and and the things we're working they're working on are are, are really for, like stellar. I think. Nice, nice. <clears throat> All right. Final question. What is one thing you wish you knew before you started coding that you eventually uh, figured out over time? That when people tell you to write tests, they're not kidding. Like, actually, you should go write <laughs> tests for your project. <laughs> like, so often, yeah, this is such a problem for me that, like, I, 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 I'm much better at, at this point. Like, I, I write tests very aggressively now. But, um, like, test your projects, people. It's, it's so critical. Yeah. True. True. Yeah, we tend to we tend to favor like new uh, new features over tests. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Great. if you discover things during your during your work that like needs to be cleaned up or or whatever, also just like don't don't put it on the back burner forever. Uh, sometimes like it might feel nice to work on a new feature, but really it, like over the long run, if you if you address these like paper cuts quickly, it's going to be much easier than having them pile up and then having to deal with them all at once later. Yep. Agree. Agree. Absolutely. All right. That's it. That's all the time cool. we had. Thank you, Luca. Please tell our audience where they can find you if they want to know more about Fresh or Dino or whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter um, at LCASDev. Um, and uh, if you want to try it, Dino, go to Dino.land, um, install Dino, and you can use our Edge Runtime Dino Deploy um, by just going to Dino.com um, and uh, you'll, you'll get all the instructions there. Fantastic. Cool. And right. Thank you so much for having me. No, please. Thank you. It was really interesting and informative. So I hope people listen to this and go and try fresh because it's really interesting. All right. That's it. To so everyone listening, thank you. And catch you on the next one. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye.